Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hi, I'm Marla Goldberg, and you're listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. Today, I have this fascinating lady as our guest, Camille Marine. Camille is a meditation mentor, dancer, writer, and is internationally known for her integrative energy practices and innovative performance trainings. Her recent book, Meditation Secrets for Women, Discovering Your Passions, Pleasure, and Inner Peace, guides the reader to a place where they can learn to love their body themselves and to tune into and restore their inner balance. Camille and her co-author husband, Lauren Roche, lead a dynamic meditation teacher training. And this amazing duo travels the world giving presentations, workshops, and retreats, sharing their unique life-affirming approach. Camille is also on the faculty of, of Esalen Institute, 1440 Multiversity, Sand Science and Non-Duality, Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, and the Shift Network. Hi, Camille. How are you doing today? Oh, Marla, I'm doing well and very happy to be with you and your community. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here because I know you have a lot of fascinating things to share with everyone. So let's start at the beginning. And now I know you're from Chicago because we've, we've talked about that part of it. But how did you step into the practices that you, that you now offer everyone. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, I was actually born in Los Angeles and, and uh, just a few miles from where Lauren was born, which is very uncanny. <laughs> it's like I heard his first breath and I said, okay, I'm coming in. <laughs> um, yes, I mostly grew up in the Chicago area um, and then started dancing there. Uh, with the Chicago Moving Company, the charter, you know, when it first started long ago. And then I moved to New York to be in uh, NYU School of the Arts, amazing program that they have for dance and theater. And along the way there in New York, um, I was introduced to Transcendental Meditation, which was very big there in the, early, in the 70s. Very big. You know, around the world. Yes, and uh, so I started getting into uh, spirituality in that way. I'd, been, I'd always been philosophical. I'd always been studying religion and mythology and anthropology um, and philosophy, really, basically. So it was natural for me to begin to dive into these subtler levels. And... In the process of unfolding there and studying other forms of meditation, such as Zen and Tibetan Buddhism, uh, and later being trained as a healer, you know, being trained in the healing arts, as well as the performing arts, many different forms, um, including uh, essential integration body work and movement and continuum and Developing my own work along the way, I, I started um, integrating the world of dance and in an embodied experience with the world of meditation. They, they all started around the same time. 
dance, meditation, and yoga kind of came together at the same time. And so I began getting very interested in the inner dance, the inner dance of energy that we are. I love the way you say that. (laughs) (laughs) And that continues to be such a teacher. Always. You know, literally informing uh, on every level. And and, and then all through my life, I had somehow gotten into theater, was always involved in theater productions. And and that's how, um, uh, when I was in Chicago, you know, studying with um, Second City and performing in their children's theater and, you know, going on from there. And that teacher actually is the one who said, I think you should take a dance class. And that took me onto the onto the road of dance that I've smitten. So it's an integration of all of these things, the, the subtle inner awareness, the coming home to ourselves on every level, and, and complementary to that, the way of expressing freely and embodying uh, a full spectrum of energy in a, in a loving, conscious way. That's wonderful. And how did you come up with this comprehensive approach to women's inner practices? Yes. Um, Well, I was teaching, uh, I had moved to Santa Fe, actually, and uh, I was teaching movement meditation workshops. Um, Many of the people who participated uh, were women and continue to be women. There's a, you know, women have just become a force, you know, a really beautiful force in the uh, world of uh, meditation and inner practices. And then, um, and then it was when I was in Santa Fe that I actually met Lauren and we began our dialogue together. Our, we had both come to this integrative approach and then later, um, he had written a book called Meditation Made Easy, which was published by Harper, San Francisco. At the time, it was now, it's now Harper One. And then he had, the, he had the idea of writing a book for women. Meditation Secrets for Women is the birthing of that complete co-creation. But it was this sort of... <laughs> somewhat stunning revelation that the practices that most of us know and have been taught that have been passed down in the traditional lineages were designed not only for men, but also men living in monasteries a long, long time ago. So even though I had studied and, you know, immersed and been and loved doing those uh, forms, it became obvious that we needed to include other aspects and particularly things for the female body psyche that had never been addressed, really. So he had the idea, and um, one day I was sitting down meditating, and he came in with a bunch of five-by-eight cards, and he asked me to speak about my experience and what women need, and I just, like, for a couple hours, um, described what I had discovered. 
and he wrote them down and spread them out all over the living room floor. And that became the actual structure of Meditation Secrets for Women, the 12 secrets. So um, there are things that men and women, you know, are evolving in the world of meditation right now. There's a, you know, integrating for a 21st century life. Yes. And who we are as women in the 21st century. So, you know, this is new. Everything is, you know, there's a big evolution going on. So there are also things for, for us women that um, meditation can be an enormous support. And we find it, I find that um, when, when we find those ways of going in that suit our nature, then we, we have this instinctive, natural connection and communion with the larger body of life, with nature, with the great mystery. It's very internal, intrinsic in yes. this. So that's what um, I keep exploring, and that's what Lauren and I keep uh, fostering. It sounds fabulous. So for these women going in, because there's a difference between, did you find there's a, let's start this way. Do you feel that there's a difference between the way women and men approach meditation? Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that too, Marla. <laughs> um, because within your question is already, and you have some ideas, I can tell. <laughs> um, in general, you know, in general, yes. Uh, the dominant way is about engineering our experience. There's a particular goal in mind. This uh, elusive word called enlightenment, which I find is not helpful, because it's as if there's a static endpoint. That's true. A that a static perfection. And no, life itself, the creative energies of love and, and uh, evolution are in, at work in us all the time. So, uh, so that model, um, which is a higher, the prior model, the, as, which is hierarchical, is uh, often about getting out of body, out of, off of the earth, uh, into a realm of abstraction that's kind of dry and cold and dis disengaged. Is that, would you consider more than transcendental meditative way? You know, when you go that because you want to get out of your body, clear your mind and have all that. Because there are new, new founded ways of meditating where they don't necessarily say you need to, you know, rise out of your body, you need to this. It could be more of a grounding um, yes. focus of wanting yes. to ground in and, and get deeper, you know, and pull up more earth energy than cosmic energy. And I feel transcendental is a very cosmic energy type of practice. Yes, ex well, exactly. And that, that uh, like you say, the grounding and earthing and depth um, is essential. And women without that, just we lose track of our roots. I agree. Our actual internal roots that are the very source of, of that communion that we all seek. 
So it's the thing is that Lauren and I actually, um, this is the foundation of our approach that we offer because every individual, men or men and women, have these innate doorways. Um, and what we're interested in is it's an integrative model. In other words, we all desire for you know something that we could say is transcendence. We we want to feel that we're accessing the big picture. Yes. You no, know, and that's a yes, of course. And the erroneous notion is that that happens best by divorcing from the other levels. Actually, in fact, it's most effective when we, when we embrace all of who we are, all of our, our levels, our earthy, natural, wild, free, instinctive uh, parts, our rich, particularly for women, our rich world of emotion and love and intimacy and connection, absolutely essential absolutely essential. So it's more about an approach, a way of coming to meet ourselves in each day and, and be with the energies that are arising and, and having a context for all of that to be uh, honored and integrated and come into a wholesome, wholesome balance. I just see this beautiful symphony as you're explaining it in front of me. I see these like notes just floating by. It's really <laughs> lovely. When you talk about meditative dance movement, yep. so is it like an ecstatic dance where you bring yourself to another place where there's movement with your meditation? Or is it, I'd love to know how it's well, done. Um, and you're doing a beautiful dance as you're speaking. <laughs> I know I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> well, that's a clue that there's energy moving and wanting to be, but is being embodied and expressed. So that's the general um, clue is whether it's very subtle. Like sometimes uh, people prefer extremely subtle movement meditation which is very profound. Sometimes this, 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 the subtlest flow of uh, little curvings of the spine, tiltings of the head, little movements in the face, the fingers, the hands can become profound doors of connection. And, and complementary to that, see, it's always the both, it's always this, yes. what we call syzygy, this marriage between complementary opposites. The dualities. Um, the dualities yeah. that are always in a dance of oneness. Let's get, you know, they're always in a dance of uh, what we call an inner marriage. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then there is also, yes, something like uh, uh, following the currents of energy into externalized, really, you know, as, as wild and free as it wants to be in a you know, some kind of, I would say, sacred space. Because yes. then you're bringing a certain way of being with yourself. There's a loving awareness way of being. Uh, and, and so sometimes the, the big liberation is that wild, uh, untamed, undomesticated, you know, overly controlled, uh, over, overly bound by cult. Uh, by conventional um, ideas about how we think we're supposed to be. 
Yes. And it's just so freeing. So both realms and all in between the full spectrum can be um, powerful, powerful, effective ways of coming in to, uh, into that interconnection. Yes. And I, and I feel that any way somebody chooses to meditate or to bring in meditation into their life, there's no wrong way of doing it. And when people talk about the monkey chatter, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll figure out how to work through monkey chatter. But whether you're sitting quiet and very transcendental or whether you're moving and doing, you know, some sort of dynamic meditation, no matter what you do, there's no wrong way of doing it. At least yes. that's my feeling. That's beautiful. Yes. And so uh, kind to oneself. Yes. Um, the big complaint that many, many people have is that I, they quote, I'm making little air quotes. Yes. Uh, that they quote, uh, can't make their mind blank. They can't stop their thoughts. People have enormous to-do lists these days. And we're all, most of us are on the path of engagement. We're, we're relating to a lot of people. We have friends, we have mates, we have children, we have dogs and cats and horses, you know, we have, we're, we're in relating to a lot of uh, different domains. So what we call thoughts and what is actually going on is your whole being, your whole nervous system want, needing to integrate experience so, for example, the thoughts are your brain making connections, remembering conversations, worrying, you know, oh, I'm worried about this, and oh, I forgot to do that, and, and, that, you know, and then, you know, upcoming today, I have all these, you know, these meetings with people, and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's your, your whole nervous system actually coming, uh, having the freedom and the space to come up and yet be held, I'm making a big circle around my body, be held in a, in a nourishing context while that is going on. And so that's where the practices, a mantra, a movement, a, a sound, a, um, a, you know, what's going on in my breathing, those kinds of things uh, are, 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 the, are creating an atmosphere a welcoming, love-drenched atmosphere. And supportive. And supportive. And, you know, even the support of the earth can be profound, profound. Yeah. That's so true. It's just making me want to go meditate right now, but I can't because, (laughs) I'm. you know, we're talking to you. (laughs) And I do, I love the outcome of meditation, you know, sometimes you go in and it's like, oh my God, okay, fine, I'll do five minutes and you sit and you do it. But when you walk away, it's like going on a workout. You dread going to the gym and having to actually lift the weights, move your body. But when you, you're done, you feel so good. You're yes. just grateful that, you, that you've done the work. Yes, yes. And, you know, over my arc of, um, what is it now? It's 1972, however long that is everyday meditating journey with all of these different qualities to it. Um, I feel like I get away with meditation. It's not like something that I need, you know, that a a discipline. 
It's that I get to meditate. I get to have this sacred time with myself and with the forces of life to, you know, allow myself to be in that, to be saturated with nourishment and support and, um, and great information that you get. I mean, it's, it's, it's an yes. amazing, but it's still a practice, but I understand what you're saying. You know, you're looking at it as I feel grateful because it's something that I get to do. Yes. Where I, I'm, I was using the gym analogy, but the bottom yeah. line is at the end of either one, the way you approach it or, you know, trying to find the time to sneak in a few minutes, either mm-hmm. way, by the time you're done, you're in this amazing space. Yes. Yes. And knowing that you're supported by spirit. Yes. You know, with love and joy and, and even just if, if your, your brain just feels like it, it didn't think of anything for a few minutes and it just feels so open and airy. I mean, that's sort of how I feel about when I, you know, when I get out of my meditations. Yeah. And then, of course, the information you get, the answers to questions that can yes, come that through meditation. Happen. That does yeah. happen. Yeah. So let's change the direction a little bit. We, we talk about, you know, claim the inner authority. Mm. What do you mean? Well, that is secret number three of the 12 meditation secrets. Um, it's busting the idea that the, the wisdom and the... Um, the correct ways to meditate and everything are, are like as if coming from external sources. In other words, a, a, other human beings have a lot of ideas about how we should be. Yes. And they're, they're suggesting what they know from their experience. So thoughts that, you know, that's wonderful. But what happens is we, we then get habituated to thinking that we have to look to that external, like to somebody else. Whereas, um, the inner authority is where you are uh, developing the art of being in touch with what is going on inside of yourself, that internal wisdom. Oh, so and true. What I, and, and what I call sovereignty, which is that particularly for women, so important to feel our own natural empowerment, that the source mm-hmm. of power is here. I don't have to prove I don't have to prove that I'm worthy of, uh, in, you know, of being accept, uh, of being able to live and love in the way that I choose. It's like I, it's it's already here. So what we're doing and claim your inner authority is feeling into what that is for each, for you, and you know, being able finding- to identify what that feels like. And finding your own needs and meeting your, your own needs. Yes. And it's not anybody else's projection onto you yes. about the way you should meditate, the way you yes. should feel. This because whatever happens is exactly the way it is. And there's no shoulds or projections. Yes, beautiful. That need to come upon this. Yes, yes, that's so important. And, and yet, uh, a lot of the time, there is a lot of unlearning that people need to go through because of there's just a litany we've all been we've heard a million times about what people think meditation is 
and what they projected is. I know I use the word project a lot, but there's a lot of projection and I have found in meditation because everybody has found their own way that works for them, which is great. Go, God bless, go with God. But yeah. it is, then they say, no, you, you're doing it wrong. You need to do it this way. This is the way to do it my way. And I come back to saying there is no wrong. Whatever works, whatever resonates, that's the, path. that's the path to take. So wise, so wise. Because the other way that I should be doing it differently or I'm, I'm, I'm failing or I'm inadequate, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, there's so much shaming that can happen Yes, and so much suffering. And we don't need to be shamed. Women, you know, out of the two sexes, women have been shamed so much and it's all a projection of the other person's inadequacies. That's how I feel about it. If someone's projecting shame and blame and et cetera onto somebody, it's yeah. traditionally their stuff that they're doing it. It's they're just vomiting it all over the other individual. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. And and again, the these the systems of control and domination. Um, exactly. Which is the um you know, it's it, when we address what's happening in us personally in this very intimate way, it has this effect on the larger collective uh, field of humanity. In other words, on the planet right now, we're, we're in this huge crucible, I feel, between the old model, which is domination and control and, you know, hoarding and shaming and, you know, just that fragmenting. And it seems to me that we are all at this crux of possibility um, to make a shift into a more, much more interdependent, uh, respectful, you know, some, some kind of way of working, realizing that we are on this beautiful planet together and we need one another. And we so, do. It takes a village, right? <laughs> it it a takes village. a village. and. And I agree with you. And But here's the great news about what's going on now. There's so many more resources. There's so many more people like you who yeah. are sharing these amazing modalities and these techniques to help people tap into themselves and find their inner, inner authenticity, their inner love, their inner acceptance. Yes, exactly. Which then comes outward. That's so beautiful. You said, yes, that's right. That's right. So, yes. And so now let's let's transition. You, you we talked about tapping into the root source of love and wisdom and power, sacred sovereignty. Can you speak more about this? Well, <clears throat> the root source of a love, um, wisdom, and power is again. It's like our it's our our essence, our own essence, our essential nature. Yes. Our essential nature, which is always, always, always in communion, communication with the larger field of nature, with the, uh, the body of the cosmos and this, and this rich energy field, which is love, ultimately. It is love. It is love. And so that sense of feeling how that connection to the body of you know, how we each feel that connection. And I, I submit that probably everyone listening here has 
had experiences of that. And sometimes it comes from uh, the sense of awe, the sense of gratitude, the sense of beauty, uh, being what in wonder, um, seeing gorgeous flowers or trees or a, a sunset or gazing at the immensity of the sky and stars <laughs> and knowing even more now how immense, you know, beyond comprehension the universe is. So um, gazing into the eyes of somebody we love, holding a baby, petting our kitties. You know, <laughs> um, there's so many immediate experiences we have that we can kind of gather in and soak up as that our own, literally, our bodies absorbing, receiving, being nourished and, and sustained and feeling that I am one with this larger field of life and love. It is right here, all around me and permeating me and guess what, expressing as me. That's really beautiful. And it's, and it's so true. And you get to, to tap into whatever it is you need at the time. And if you feel that you, yes. you know, want to tap into your wisdom, you can go, in, go inward, get quiet. Yes ask a question before going in and then see what comes out to guide you and give you the wisdom. Yeah. Or the same with self-love, self-acceptance, which is so hard, for, especially for women. Yes. I mean, men are, you know, we find that men have a lot of the same body morphic issues that women have and, and the insecurities, but they're just now starting to come out that they're real for men. But for women who have been controlled and, and you know, and, and even... Um, trying to think, but just they're they're limited by by other forces, you know, bosses, teachers, yeah, you know, at home, you know, could be their partner. They think that they can tap in and really pull out the the serum of love, the serum of wisdom. Is mm. you know, this yeah, you know, the sacred sovereignty that you talk about. I mean, it's just. You know, knowing that you've got this all inside, and it's like it—it's like a river that just keeps flowing for you to tap into. You just have to learn how to go in and take it in and embrace it, wrap it like a, a beautiful shawl or a coat around you. you are, oh, yes, I love that you use the word serum. It's because it's like that healing nectar, that healing. Uh, it's like internal medicine. It's the natural medicine. Medicine. It's so. It, it, it's you know physiologically biologically shown that tapping into that field of love is is very healing, as you know so well, I'm sure. It's very healing, and I, I just love to do that. So let's talk about a couple of the ways that you can be tender with yourself as you flow in through transformation. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, as you said, you know, this uh, the acceptance of our own experience and... Um, Sometimes that means that once. Sometimes that means being in touch with how vulnerable and tender we feel, how how vulnerable we feel, um, and coming to meet ourselves and what's moving in our heart, no matter what. It's a, and this is um, this can be very challenging. 
because sometimes there's great sorrow, losing a loved one is, you know, it's just such a deep process. Um, but also our own self-doubts or... or uh, well, feeling you wouldn't be accepted if you allow your vulnerability to come forth. You, well, yes, because it is, it is, it's scary. You know, it's, it uh, really scary. it's like, we're, 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 so how do I support myself in that? And so I find that there's another pair between like the secret. So secret number three is claim your inner authority and the sovereignty. And secret number four is be tender with yourself because they are partners so that sense of what that natural intrinsic empowerment helps us to be with our vulnerability. It does. And our vulnerability keeps us real in the expression of who we are in the world. You know, that's, it's such a, it, it, if for lack of one or the other, we get way out of balance and, and we can feel it in our, in the movement of our lives and relationships. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, by, by the choices you make, you can, you, if, you, if you know the choices don't serve yourself, you know you're not being gentle with yourself. You're not taking yourself down a path that's easy and flowing. You're taking yourself to some rocky, thorny you know, place, and you have a choice. Yes. And so that tenderness with ourselves also gives us a feeling of actually being intimate with myself. I'm yes. being intimate with myself. I'm being my, my, like the best possible friend. It's like if you have a really beautiful friend that you can tell anything to and she won't judge you, you know, and, and she just holds the space and maybe you cry and then maybe you laugh, you know, or maybe you yes. have to like roar a little bit just to, you know, move the energies in a safe way. Um, so, so that sense of being that best friend to myself, uh, also then, like if any of us who are in relationships, um, in, of any kind, any kind, but let's say you're in a, in a love relation, uh, a partner relationship as I have, you know, for so many years, 36 years with Lauren, that ability to be intimate with myself is crucial, and that ability to be intimate with oneself allows me to open to deeper intimacy with another and allows me to perceive the other, in this case, Lauren, through those eyes, through the eyes of love, through the, the sense of wonder and oh, who is this, you know, who is this creature? And um, so that it always is how we are with our inner world is always affecting how I am in my outer world. And to be in that flow of love, to be able to receive love, which was a um, kind of an arc for me on, in the course of my life, to be able mm -hmm. to truly deeply receive love, and in particular, Lauren's, um, you know, because that is strangely vulnerable. For somebody who's so self-sufficient and, you know, I can do it myself. I'm on my, phone, on my own. I'm just fine. Thank you very much. So to soften into that receiving deeply, uh, it's vulnerable and it's powerful. Both. It's so powerful. 
and the vulnerability and living authentically is that's, that can be very difficult for some people you know, because of how they feel about themselves, their decisions, and they judge themselves too critically and too harshly instead of just going, eh, you know what, this happened, let's move on. It's not earth-shattering. It's not the end of the world. You know, you can apologize for things you've done and move on. But I have to share, the way you glow and you talk about Lauren is just amazing. <laughs> Especially after all these years, it's just like you're, you've just met and fallen in love. It's a beautiful thing to witness, I will share. Thank you. Um, well, well, let me tell you, that's where my daily practices come in. We both feel this way. We both feel this way that it's like we, um, how do I tune myself to be able to show up for the magnificence? You know, it's like that's actually a practice. And some people are afraid of magnificence. They, they, they withdraw mm-hmm. instead of walking into their light and their magnificence because they don't have a firm belief, in my opinion, that they are magnificent. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to show them as a mirror what magnificence is and that they are, it's, it's trying to get people to wrap their, their, their self around their own personal magnificence and accept themselves in whatever state they are. Because whatever state they are, there is a level of magnificence in them. Yes, that's so true. That's really beautifully said. Whatever state you are in that it's everything that we are experiencing and and it becomes very obvious in meditation because you have the time and space to actually feel what's going on under the surface you know that's the crucial thing so so then whatever is going on is actually what is ever rising is coming up into the embrace of love the sacred embrace Whatever it is, is coming up in the service of your life, in the service of love. It's coming up to be integrated and healed. So that's where judgment can we just start to dissolve. Um, because I've, no, I've noticed that even behind the gnarliest, you know, most difficult emotion, if you stay with it and feel the energy of it, there's, it always leads back into the ocean of love, always. It does. And I know that I'm grateful that I'm aware now of the ocean of love because I wasn't always at this place. And so now that I am, I'm daily gratitude for it because it puts me in in this amazing place of joy and happiness and gratitude daily, which, you know, I just feel it coming up like a volcano, but it's beautiful. It's not... You know, not rage. It's a volcano of the, a lava of love, a lot of a lava of joy. Mm. It spread, you know, as it comes up and out and over, it spreads out, and that's mm. what I'm so happy about. So this leads me to have, talk about this course you taught, which is called Living in Love's Body. Mm-hmm. What is living in love's body? I know that there's a good segue into this. <laughs> well, we've kind of touched on it. It's these. Um I taught that for a couple of years. Uh, for many years, I taught a year-long flows uh, through the Meditation Secrets for Women. There are 12 secrets, so we would go into one one per month. And um, the last couple of years that I did that, I called it Living in Love's Body because 
of uh, what we're talking about. You know, like that's kind of a big embrace around everything. And that, um, so in, in terms of that, that sense of being intimate with the oneself and their, and intimate with life and intimate with nature, intimate with the cosmos, intimate with the great mystery, and sometimes intimate, well, we're always actually in relationship. Yes, we are. So let's make that, let's make, make that conscious. Yes. And speaking of relationships, let's talk about you and Lauren for a minute. <laughs> always fun. And, and I, I, well, I just love to see you light up. So, <laughs> so let's talk about how you keep, you both keep this love alive. I mean, I know you can't, you're not going to speak for him, but you can certainly speak from your experience on both sides. Yes. Uh, well, we have touched into that. We, what we see, that what we have shared from the beginning, and even though it's been a journey through this 36 years uh, of ever deepening and opening and you know, this whole process one goes through in a long-term relationship. Um, but we, in, we value this, uh, this integration, you know, of all, all of who we are. Therefore, we can value more and more the fullness and wholeness of what another is, of what each other is, and really cherish, really cherish the other, just as he is, you know, uh, and as for us women, sometimes we have ideas about how the man is supposed to be. Yes. Vice versa, you know, we also, women for sure know those expectations and perfectionist ideals and things like that. So to be able to uh, realize that this, that for me, that Lauren is a very unique person, if you have the chance to meet him and anyone who does he's um and he's uh very in touch with himself and he's just full of love and brilliance uh and is very uh you know to allow the rhythms his rhythms which are sometimes very different from mine to um to learn over this course of our relationship to really uh completely truly i mean this has been a stretch for me accept all of who he is to really accept perceive and accept him just as he is which is completely magnificent and so it helps as we talked about earlier to to really inhabit that what that is for myself um so so in the intimacy intimacy that we share is uh, a miracle like I fall on the earth and, and gratitude every day. And um, for years now, we've been teaching together, which is a whole other challenge. Yes. And, and uh, astonishing because we have found that sort of Shiva Shakti, you know, complementarity. And, and, it's in, and when we wrote Meditation Secrets for Women, it was very seamless between us. It was, you know, it's like giving birth to a child together. And um, so that, um, so it's about being, you know, the art of being present and the art of having kind of a big, uh, 
again, that big embrace, that big welcoming, that big curiosity, the sense of wonder, the sense of cherishing this fleeting moment. I mean, um, that's where I'm at these days. It's like, wow, this fleeting moment, our, our precious time on planet Earth and our time together. Uh, I mean, it just slays me in the most beautiful way. And I love that. It's like it just makes everything whew, very immediate and precious mm -hmm. and beautiful. So that's, that's my current practice, actually, is just living in that wonder and, and immediacy and appreciation. I can, I can relate because of my certain circumstances, but this is about you. So I'm not going to get into my situation. But uh, just to know that yeah, I, I can thoroughly understand, and from my first marriage not being like that to this marriage being like this, yes. I have now actually walked both paths and know how precious and beautiful you know, mutual support is, mutual love, and really mutual consideration. Because in my world, considering each other and your needs are as important as anything else. And that's, I think, where a lot of things fall through the cracks in the area of consideration where people just take for granted or they forget to be considerate of their partner. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. the more we're in touch with our own inner wellspring, the more generous that flow is. Uh, yes, it's, it's amazing. It's just beautiful. Let's talk about the Radiance of Sutras. Tell me more yeah. about that book. Okay. So, so the Radiance Sutras is Lauren's translation, his contemporary poetic, really stunningly beautiful uh, version of an ancient yoga text, the Vinyana Bhairava Tantra, and it's um, it's a it's an ancient text that has this. Um, it's it's it really honors the feminine and. Uh, and is as is designed is constructed as a conversation between Shiva and Shakti, or between what in that in the you know mythology is the uh, god and goddess, which is actually uh, I just want to say that the god aspect of it, the Shiva is what I feel about it is that's consciousness, and the Shakti is manifestation and energy and so the marriage that we're always pending is the marriage between consciousness and and energy and creativity so it's um and they need each other you know so that so there are that text is um has caught fire uh in the yoga world but beyond in the yoga and meditation world but um you know, spreading out like Rumi, you know, people can uh, compare it. They uh, say it's, you know, it's like Rumi or Hafiz, and it is. It's so beautiful. So um, so that has become a big part of our lives and part of our teaching. And we, um, we, for example, have a meditation teacher training called the Radiance Sutras Meditation Teacher Training because the the text itself offers 112 different doorways. So usually people can find themselves in it in some way. Wow. And then we, uh, we do presentations on it. I, 
I perform, we perform them sometimes, like Lauren will chant the Sanskrit, and then I will take it into English and embody it. So it's, um, I love doing that, you know, embodying the divine feminine in that way. What other kind of uh, retreats? Because I know you and Lauren, you do a number of retreats and meditation teachings. So above Radiant Sutra. Yes. Um, Well, we teach uh, around the world, um, particularly, let's see, Lauren is, um, we teach at Kripalu on the East Coast, Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health in uh, Massachusetts, and that's coming up in August. And I'm not sure when this is airing, but I'll just say that we're also at 1440 Multiversity, which is near Santa Cruz, California, in June. And that's a wild, we call it wild serenity, wild serenity. Love that. The gift of meditation for love and intimacy. So um, 1440 is a new conference center, quite beautiful. And we... um, Yes, and so, and we're offer, also offering this uh, meditation training, teacher training. So that's, that's currently open and enroll, people are enrolling and we're getting interested in that. So if anyone is interested in being a meditation teacher, you can, um, you can find us. And you can find Camille at CamilleMarine.com, which is spelled C-A-M-I-L-L-E-M-A-U-R-I-N-E.com. Just not to get confused with the other Maureen. That's right. Thank you. you. (laughs) I wanted to clarify that. Yes, thank you. So I think we can get in um, one more question. You've been meditating. Oh, my God. You've been practicing meditation for a long time. What is your own practice like? Yeah. Well, it's um, really I love to start the day with that usually without speaking at all. I'll make my cup of tea and then I'll sit. And sometimes I'm sitting with Lauren and some sometimes by myself. Um, and I create that sanctuary, consciously create a sa- sense of sanctuary of sacred space. And I drop in and feel what's going on. And for me, it's, it's uh, because of my dance and embodied experience, it's, it usually has to do with you know, at first I feel what's going on in the circulation of energy, physical, like you could say, subtle physical, what's going on in my body. And of course, what is, what is, what is, the, uh, what is going on within my heart? And, um, and then the basic practice for me is, again, living in this appreciation and wonder this body of love and also knowing what the practices are not to tune myself. What do I need? Like I'm being, I think we're all being called to inhabit ourselves, our essence more fully. Each of us. And and there are all kinds of clues that life is giving us constantly about what that feels like. Yes. So, So for me, it's that tuning and it's, and it has this, it's like I, the energy body, how I am living and breathing and, and uh, being in touch with myself and being in touch with life and being in love 
you know. So that's that's an ongoing ongoing practice. And being in life as well. So and in life. And in life, yes. Preparing. So some of it is is preparing for the day or realizing what I what I need to do, you know. Uh, yes, things it's, like it's, that. It's starting your day and it's starting your day with clarity and openness. Yes. And that's the way how I perceive it. Yes. So well, it is our charity shout out time. And I know your charity of choice is National Resources Defense Council. Let's yeah. talk about that a bit. Well, I love them. They're very ecologic, ecologically um, active, oriented, and tracking, you know, tracking what's going on. Um, and it was founded initially by Robert Redford because of his passion for the environment. And um, I like to donate to them because uh, it's a way that, you know, I can't do everything. So if I contribute to a cause that I believe in, then it's my little way of um, supporting that. Um, so it's very, you know, very, very much about the, the issues that are affecting ecology, the environment, resource, resources, our national resources. Um, and, you know, so that's what I'm suggesting because I really admire what they're doing and want to support it. It's a great cause and anything to help our wildlife our yes. landscape, yes. you know, turning the ecosystem around if possible, because the way it's going now, exactly. um, it's it's not, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'll be gone, you'll be gone, but our children's, or our children's children, they're the ones that are going to really be affected by it in a, a way that we have not had to deal with it. Yes, and, you know, as the earth, you know, changes for the negative and, and resources go away, fish die, food sources go, go away, what do they end up doing? So it's yes. just for their, for their benefit, let's, let's look into the National Resource Defense Council. And audience, if you feel that this resonates with you, you can look them up at www.nrdc.org and you can do slash about to learn more. So think about it, look at it, and see if this, this resonates with you. Because we have so many great charitable organizations that help so many different areas of whether it's ecology or children or women or education of sorts. So, and so as we close down, is there anything I've missed asking you? Is there anything you would like to share that I have neglected to bring up? Oh, my goodness. Well, I first of all want to thank you so much for... Uh, this space and this conversation, Marla, and uh, I love that you ask for a charity. I think that's um, Thank you. a wonderful contribution and a way of spreading the word and, and, and that feeling of community that we're, we are in fact in this together. And it takes, it takes us, uh, you know, we're in a critical time. So, I mean, truly critical. Yes. So whatever we can each do to our little part in that is really essential. Um, well, actually, I think you've been very complete in your questions. I can't really think of anything except to invite people. I, I love communication. I love hearing from people. Um, and to invite you to, you know, stay tuned with my webpage, get on our mailing list because we offer meditation tips and 
know, in, including keeping you informed about possibilities uh, that you might want to be part of, you know, workshops and retreats, online things, free things, you know. We give free, free teleseminars and things like that. That's lovely. That's a beautiful way to give back to and, and give information to people to get them started in case that they want to meditate, but they haven't felt comfortable doing it because they feel that there's so many boundaries around it. You have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. And coming back to saying, you don't. And I'm sure you and Lauren would be fabulous facilitators and gentle in letting people know, whomever might resonate, that meditation, is, it's a practice and it's, it's as personal as a fingerprint. Yes. And, and, you know, the, the basic reflections that we get is how liberating it is. Um, people feel such a relief. They can be that, just be themselves. And the sense of it being so love-drenched, you know, people are really relating to that. Uh, and, and the fact that you can find your way, you know, we, we help you to find your way. That is so beautiful. Support you to be who you are in your inner world, and also in your life of expression. It's really important. This has been such a great segment. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you for joining me today, Camille. And um, I know that the information disseminated by you and shared to, to the audience will be so helpful for them. And I hope you get a lot of um, inquiries. And I'm going to say this again. So to reach out, look at more... Um, Excuse me. Look at Camille's website at www.camillemarine.com, and it's C-A-M-I-L-L-E-M-A-U-R-I-N-E.com. And you know, Camille will respond to you, and and you'll have a beautiful dialogue, I'm sure, because she's such a beautiful spirit. And I want to say thank you to my assistant Teresa Scott Reed and. Brad Parsons, my producer, for helping put these segments on. I'd like to thank you, the audience, for taking time out of your day, out of your life, to participate with myself and the guest that I'm offering you this, this week. It's Camille Marine and their beautiful message and how they'd like to help you shift your world, shift your experience. Um, if you like the episode, please press like, subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And I would love it if you could leave a comment or a review. If you'd like to ask me a question, comment, uh, or suggestion, write to me at guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about me and what I do, you can see my website is at marlagoldberg.net. And I'm really excited to share that my new book, My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path, has become a bestseller. And I want to thank you for your support with my book, my first solo endeavor. And I'm absolutely humbled and grateful and honored to be in this place. And to our next time, I'm going to send you, not I'm going to, I am sending you. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you joy. I'm sending you peace. I look forward to the next time we're together. Stay well. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path. 
is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net.